Chapter 48 Moving On When Daddy, Pip, and I lowered our gaze from the Cardinal's flight back to level Earth, we discovered that Walter and Mama were no longer at our sides. They were standing beside each other at the northern border of the garden, staring intently our direction. Our puppy, who had enjoyed himself as much as anyone that afternoon, whined and licked at their feet. What you doing over there? I asked. Mama's smile faltered, and she said, Evening has come. We must return to Emerald Hill. Daddy shot me a quizzical glance. That's what we call the big green hill by the water, I explained. Oh, I forgot to pick up my violin there, he cried out, remembering only then the instrument he had cast aside. Hope I didn't break another one. Mama reached for Daddy's hand. With her free arm, she scooped Pip off the ground. He wrapped his arms around her neck, nuzzling it sleepily. As they started off for Emerald Hill, Walter and I followed shoulder to shoulder. In spite of our joyous afternoon together, an inexplicable pall fell over our company. Nobody spoke a word as we traversed the flagstone path through the trees. Even the puppy, always so eager to bound ahead of everybody, lagged behind with drooping ears and tail. When we reached the hilltop, Daddy let go of Mama's hand and hurried to the discarded violin. After a quick inspection, he lifted it triumphantly and announced, It's okay. Nothing broken, so far as I can tell. I am glad to hear that, Mama replied, because I very much wanted to hear you play one last time. My heart stopped. What do you mean, one last time? said Daddy. I'll be here tomorrow, and the next day, and the next, and every day between now and whenever I take my own final breath. Without waiting for Mama's response, I seized Walter's arm and added my own assurance. Yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. We aren't going out west anymore. Mama and Walter exchanged a mournful but knowing glance. For the first time since I had known him, my brother's courage failed. He hung his head and turned away, unable to say what needed to be said. And so Mama became courage for them both. There was no mistaking the pain in her expression as she said, If you come back here after this evening, you will no longer find us here. What? cried Daddy, his voice breaking. Rosa, no! I just found you again. You can't leave. Mama cupped his face in both her hands. She stared through his eyes, clear and blue as a winter sky, and down into the wells of his soul. Then she lifted herself onto her tiptoes and placed a long, tender kiss upon his lips. I wish to God that you could stay with me and I with you, she whispered. Her tears began to spill as she caressed his whiskery cheek. But I cannot keep clinging to my life at Asphodel. I cannot cause any more damage. The toll of my holding on has been a deadly one, and I will not risk losing more. Daddy wrapped her in his arms and moaned, I can't live without you, Freckles. I can't. So you can't go. But John, do you not see? 
said Mama. That is exactly why we have to go. Walter and I must let go so you can move on. The only way you can live is without me. Daddy wept without restraint as he asked, But when will you come back? Will we ever see you again? Yes, she whispered. Someday. You will come to us and find us where we are, beyond the trees and over the waters. But we will not return here to you. Then let me die with you, Daddy spat bitterly. John Luther, snapped Mama. It is not your time yet, and to wish that it would be is to spit upon the best fruits of our life together. My time to care for Peter and Philip is over. Yours has come. But I can't, protested Daddy. I've tried so hard, but I can't do it. I can't take care of anybody. All I've done is hurt and kill. That, Mama declared, is because there is someone you forgot to care for first, yourself. In my selfishness, I kept you from taking care of yourself so long. You have forgotten what that means or how to do it. Then show me the way, Daddy whimpered. Before you go, show me the way. I can't find it on my own. Mama grabbed his hands and waited for him to calm down, before she finally said, Everything you have done, you did because you thought it was best for us. Every decision you made was the one you thought would be best for me and our boys. And do not misunderstand me. There is a nobility in that kind of selflessness. Your dedication to your family is one of the things I love most about you. But sometimes you must also make decisions that take care of you, that do what is best for you. The father Peter and Pip need is not one who focuses only on them, who must always make the perfect decision for them. Who could live up to that kind of pressure? It would drive anybody mad. Take care of yourself, John. Give yourself what you need to thrive, because in your thriving, you will become the best father you can possibly be for our children. But I have no idea what I need, Daddy replied, fiercely frustrated. Mama kissed his cheek. Yes, you do. You have known all along. But again and again, your sense of duty has pushed down the answer rising in your heart. Daddy stared at her with a blank expression, unable in the moment to fit the pieces together. Mama's lips brushed his nose as she whispered, You do not need to come up with the answer this second. I am confident you will before long. She then turned her attention away from Daddy and gathered Pip into her arms again. Tears glistened as he said, You're going away again, aren't you? I am, Pippi, she whispered, squeezing him as she began to weep anew. But we didn't have dessert yet, he protested, his lower lip trembling. You said we would have dessert. So I did, replied Mama, and so we will. And when we are finally enjoying it together, it will be so much better than anything I could have given you here. You promise? I promise, she said. My baby brother reached into his trousers pocket 
fishing for something inside it. When his little hand emerged, it held the pewter figurines of the elephant and hippopotamus. His eyes flickered back and forth a moment between them. Then he picked out the elephant and handed it to Mama. Will you give this to the baby for me? he asked, as she plucked it curiously from his hand. And I'll keep the hippo. Then we both have one. Oh, Pip, Mama cried, hugging him again. I love you so much, my sweet boy. I was blessed to have you in my life, even if it was only for a little while. I love you too, Mama, he replied, before giving her a big kiss straight on the lips. Mama hugged him close once more, then set him down. Next, she knelt in front of me. With those unforgettable golden eyes, she looked up at me and said, I cannot believe how tall you are. You have grown so much this past year. Now you must grow even more. You have to be the big brother, and that is a big responsibility. Are you ready for it? I glanced aside at Walter for his opinion on the matter. Already he was grinning back at me. Peter can handle it, he assured Mama. After all, I'm the one who trained him. Unable to help myself even in those somber moments, I rolled my eyes at his cocky swagger and answered, I think I am. Then take good care of Pip and your daddy for me, okay? She choked, overcome again by the flooding emotions. Without Walter around, you will need to be more than just clever. You must also be brave for them. Can you do this? I nodded, then flung myself into her and cried fiercely, intent upon holding her for as long as I might be allowed. When Mama eventually forced our parting, she stood, and we both gave our attention to the farewell happening between Daddy and Walter. Even now, an awkward separation hung in the air between them, and neither moved toward the other to close it. Daddy's features bore the deep furrows of shame as he muttered, I'm so sorry for everything that happened between us. I messed up so badly. I made a lot of bad choices too, said Walter. We both did. And, just like that, the wall between them came crumbling down. Daddy and Walter both stepped forward, and father embraced son as son embraced father. I'm so grateful I was able to talk to you one last time, Daddy whispered hoarsely. This incredible island saved my life, Walter. And that's what I'm most sorry for of all. I'm sorry I doubted you. Sorry I didn't believe in this amazing place. With his cheek pressed against Daddy's chest, Walter smiled and said, It's okay. You came in the end. That's all that matters. Daddy kissed the top of his son's head for the last time, then let him go. Walter hugged Pip next and said, Keep eating all your food, okay? Then you'll grow big and strong, and you'll be able to lick Peter any day of the week, just like me. Pip took umbrage at this remark. Quite indignantly, he declared, I can already take him, no problem. Well then, maybe some Germans, Walter replied with a chuckle. He ruffled Pip's hair and hugged him again. Finally, Walter came to me. 
I was still sobbing from my farewell with Mama, and I cried all the harder when he playfully punched my shoulder. I can't wait until we can share a room together again, he said. Trying to add some levity to the heartache surrounding us, he added, but maybe get rid of the bibby before then. It's embarrassing. But his joke did nothing to console me. Weakly, I replied, We were supposed to have more adventures together. You can't go. Walter gazed at me with a serene sort of confidence. As he did, a flowering of courage bloomed deep inside me, and my shameless weeping ceased. In that moment, I found that I was no longer frightened of life without him and Mama. It was as if Walter were emptying the best of himself into me, so that I might depart from here not as one brother and son, but as two. He squeezed my shoulder, thus imbuing me with another surge of confidence, as he said, Our adventures are far from over, and the best ones are still coming. I can't imagine what's waiting for us over the waters, but I'll know soon enough. And, after a little longer, you'll know too. We'll never stop knowing them, and we'll never have to say goodbye to our adventures again. Or each other? I asked, snuffling. Or each other. Then I hugged my brother for the first time in my remembering life. And for the last. Bye, Walter. See you soon, Peter. And say hello to Hattie for me, I said. When I find her, I will, he promised. I let go of him. Wiping my sleeve across my cheeks, I backed away. In those final moments before sunset, we all stood beneath the darkening shadow of the trees, yet some kind of luminous sheen or aura had settled upon both Mama and Walter. Their forms rippled and shimmered before my very eyes, as if caught somewhere between flesh and spirit. Mama herself seemed taken aback by this phenomenon. Her eyes widened, and with an anxious urgency she flung herself into Daddy's arms. She pulled his mouth toward hers and deeply, yearningly, fiercely kissed him for as long as she dared. When she finally pulled away from him, she stooped to hug me and Pip together. After blessing our cheeks and foreheads with their final kisses from her lips, she cried, I love you, my beautiful boys, and you, John. Your voice will echo inside me with every beat of my heart. I love you, I love you, and I will be counting down every moment of eternity until we meet again. Forcing a brave smile through his own tears, Daddy said, So will I. I'll love you always, Freckles. Walter and Mama now stood alone, apart from the rest of us and with their backs to the trees. My brother reached up and clasped my mother's hand in his own. With each passing second, the shimmering air around them grew brighter and brighter still. Their features were becoming less defined and yet, somehow, more perfectly so. Your violin, John! Pick it up! Mama cried desperately, and when she did, her voice seemed changed into something very much like music itself. Pick up your violin and play me home. He did. Closing his eyes and pressing the violin against his chin, 
he drew bow across string, and the opening strains of Red River Valley rolled across the hilltop. Daddy's voice joined in melody, and he sang, From this valley they say you are going. Mama looked sideways at Walter. She lifted his hand to her lips and kissed it. Ready? He nodded. With Mama at his side, he could have been facing anything, yet still give the same answer. Ready. I shall miss your bright eyes and sweet smile. They turned toward the trees. With aching heart, I knew I would never again see their faces on this side of Acheron. But I thank you for giving your sunshine. Hand in hand, Mama and Walter reached the first of the forest trees and stopped there. Behind them were the living world and the first loves they had known there. Before them, those of the next. That has brightened my pathway a while. Then, like those who have seen some long-lost friend on the road ahead, Mama and Walter broke into a run and became swallowed up by the trees, disappearing far beyond where my sight could ever reach. Gently, I grabbed Daddy's elbow and whispered, They're gone. He didn't break down as I had expected, and when I looked up, I didn't see, looking back, the eyes of a man broken beyond repair. Yes, they did glisten with the outpourings of his sorrow, yet behind the tears I saw the fires of life and hope and purpose, kindled anew. Still holding the violin bow, Daddy draped his arm around me and pulled me to his side. I, in turn, reached out to Pip, and he grabbed onto me too. For a minute we stood in silence and stared at the place where Mama and Walter had disappeared hoping even now to glimpse some flicker of movement among the trees. But there would be none, and we knew it. Finally, softly, and with no other recourse left, Daddy sighed and said, Let's go home. Down the hill we went, somber and in single file. When we reached the canoe, I stooped to untie it from its mooring. Daddy sat in back, and picked up the paddle. That was when I noticed there was one among our party who hadn't descended Emerald Hill with us. Our dog sat upon it, silhouetted against the sky, staring at the tree line, and faithfully awaiting his mistress's return. Come on, puppy, I called out to him. It's time to go. The obedient animal came bounding at once down the hill, and Daddy flashed me a weary smirk. I think, he said, it's high time we gave that dog a name. <laughs>